You are listening to the Julie Parker Practice Success Podcast, where you discover management insights and strategies for a successful dental practice. There are also interviews with key people in the industry who have advice and services to help you and your team achieve great success. Welcome to this episode of the Julie Parker Practice Success Podcast. And my guest today has been somebody that I've known about for a number of years. We've met a few times and he gives me information that I think is so compelling for dental teams. It's all about their health and safety, but also the health and safety of the environment and the practices themselves will also benefit. I would like to introduce my buddy, Jürgen Kulfus of Biohygiene. Welcome to this episode of the JPS podcast. Thank you very much, Julie. Thanks for having me. That is my pleasure. This is such an important topic, Jürgen, and every time that we meet, I have this internal drive to run around to all the dental practices I know and say, have a look at this. (laughs) So before we jump into what biohygiene is all about, can you just give us a little bit of a history around Jürgen? Sure. I've um, been manufacturing infection control products in Australia now for 21 years. And uh, my dad actually started biohygiene on his farm in the bathtub and he was mixing up um, some water and some concentrates and decided to um, sell it to his friends and other businesses. And it um, slowly snowballed into a company that ended up uh, manufacturing pallets and pallets every month. So for about 15 years, we were manufacturing a brand and became very successful and we wanted, decided to challenge ourselves and move into more safer um, and environmentally friendly products. So we just wanted to um, see what the Australian market would do with that and it's gone pretty well. Well, I remember the days of me being a young dental nurse back in the, what was it, late 80s. <laughs> I still remember, I mean, gloves were kind of optional. And my first job, if I wanted to wear gloves, I had to buy them myself. And then I just used one pair for the whole day. This is how old I am. And I still remember the glutealdehyde dermatitis on my hands. I just, it was just part of me for years and years and years. Yeah, glutealdehyde is um, thankfully still, um, well, it has been phased out, almost completely phased out. It's still around being sold. But um, there are a few other nasties that um, a lot of people are using at the moment that um, they may not be aware of. And so that's what biohygiene does. Is that it produces chemicals that are a person user-friendly and environmentally friendly alternative to the traditional brands that are out there on the market that can have quite a damaging impact. Let's talk about the damaging impact on the user, first of all. Sure. There, there are products on the market now that um, in my experience, I I talk to people and ask them if they're aware of certain chemicals that should be avoided by young women who are pregnant or wanting to start a family. And I found probably a bit less than half know that there are certain solutions that um, when pregnant should be completely avoided um, due to that um, the overexposure may have an impact on the pregnancy. So I've also trained um, staff in large health funds. Um, I remember the story I like to tell is that um, there was 12 locations of a health fund and 80 nurses. And out of the 80 nurses, three of them were pregnant. And 
you could actually hear a pin drop once the, the nurses found out that there's a product that they were using every day that clearly stated on the label may harm fertility and may harm the unborn child. And wow, way. It, yeah, and it, I, I tell you, in all of my years of dental assisting and then reception and being in practices, I have never once read the hazardous impact on these chemicals. Yeah, it's it's right there on the label. And if you hand out the products and get the, them to read it for themselves, then um, they slowly or very quickly um, start taking more notice of the chemicals they're using every day. So within two weeks, that large health fund changed over to our products within two weeks. So um, they were very happy to get rid of a product that may have an impact on their staff. For sure, for sure. And so these are the sort of chemicals we're talking about. They're uh, the suction cleaners, the surface right. disinfectants, the yep. ultrasonic bath chemicals. Exactly. Yeah, it's um, the suction solution. Um, there's one brand out there that leaves an oily residue in the, um, in the bucket. That should be avoided by um, women who are pregnant and also um, an ultrasonic solution. That's the one that um, it's an American product and it um, clearly states those words of may harm fertility, may harm the unborn child. So that's one of the things I've been trying to um, get people to notice is the reading of the labels. The nurses are using six to eight chemicals daily and they are they, obviously they're in an air-conditioned room um, with a bit of ventilation, but there are aerosols and um, hazardous chemicals constantly floating around, especially between patients when everything needs to be wiped down and clean. So having products that um, have less of an impact on the user and also the nurses taking more control and even responsibility for their own health and safety, maybe it would be a good idea to actually start studying the labels and material safety data sheets of the chemicals they use every day. And if they're not happy with it or would like to, you know, possibly try something new, because some formulas in Australia now, they're about 40 years old um, and have different standards. Uh, German products that we're manufacturing at the moment are certified by REACH and they uh, are tested for the human impact and the environmental impact. And if they don't pass those tests, they're not allowed to be sold. So they're the, they're the products that we're manufacturing and trying to get into dental surgeries now. I remember you mentioning, I'm going to get onto the environmental impacts of a lot of the chemicals that we're using at the moment, a majority of practices are, but you mentioned at our last discussion something pertinent that I thought, gosh, that will be common, again, I would be guilty of this, that the misuse of the dosages of these chemicals, that quite often we just get to using a splash of or a dollop of these chemicals, we're actually using too much of the chemical yep. for the purpose that it's fit for. That's right, yeah. That's also in the instructions that um, they are very specific on how the products are used so they do uh, actually treat the surface or the instrument. Putting in a, a more of a splash or more of the concentrate into the solution will not make it more cleaner. It won't make it any more cleaner. It will actually probably increase the pH level or lower the pH level, which then could possibly make the solution ineffective then baking on the proteins and bloods onto that instrument. 
which then ends up into the next patient's mouth. So reading um, and understanding, you know, is it five mils? Is it 10 mils? Is it 25 mils? Getting that accurate will also mean that your um, surgery owner won't be um, spending twice as much on his solutions budget every year because you're putting in more in. Putting in the correct dosage will help the budget but also uh, treat the surfaces and instruments properly. Right. So we will be healthier as users of the chemical. Mm. <laughs> we also yes. won't be creating wastage by misusing the chemical once we become much more aware about it. Yep. Tell me a little bit about the environmental impact. Sure. Uh, some products on the market clearly state harmful to aquatic life with long-lasting effects. Some products on the market have a dead fish in a river, an icon, of, um, and it is classed as a marine pollutant. These products are obviously suction solutions that are getting poured down our waterways and into our beaches and oceans every single day. Um, they contain phenols. So the phenols are the chemical compounds that do not biodegrade. Um, having a product that is classed as a marine pollutant, I'm still surprised it's being sold, um, being able to be sold in Australia at the moment. Um, finding out if your products are biodegradable to OECD standards will um, give you assurance that you're not destroying marine life every day that when you treat the lines. Goodness me. And is that saying that there's like a cumulative effect out there in the environment where there's just layer upon layer upon layer of chemicals that the dental industry are adding to the environment? Definitely. Definitely. There are thousands of chairs being treated every single day and all of those solutions are being, um, they're treating the lines. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. Maybe, you know, some products need even an anti-foaming tablet um, to treat those lines. But when it comes to it, all of those solutions end up in our waterways and our beaches and um, they destroy marine life. So, it's, that, would be, that would be gallons and gallons every year. <laughs> oh, it would, there would be ton, it would be in the tons for sure. Tons. Oh, yeah. Gosh, and we do we we presume that all the things around us have been pro- approved by the governing bodies and the testing bodies that it's all good and safe to use, and so we get into that we get sucked into that space of not actually reading the full extent of the instructions ourselves but like everything in life and it's certainly been so evident over the past COVID period too we really need to be responsible for our own health (laughs) we need to take those steps in researching what we're using and whether there's healthier alternatives absolutely that's um coming back to the responsibility of the user not only the the surgery owner who is most likely paying the bills but um the the dental surgery owner is also responsible for his or her workers. So having them in a safe environment or a safer environment would mean that um, the staff are happier and wanting wanting to um, work longer hours for free. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All staff love doing that. You know it so well. (laughs) I know. (laughs) <laughs> so talking about the cost, the financial cost element to the business itself, mm. Mm. the current chemicals out there on the market at the moment compared to biohygiene products, what are we looking at financially? Sure. There can be um, quite a uh, bit of savings on the budget because most of the products that are being used in the country at the moment, uh, they come 
from overseas, from Europe, Canada, America, they come over uh, into Australia containing 90% water. So 90% water is very expensive to ship around the world, whereas biohygiene buys the concentrates and then adds the water which we've purchased from Sydney. So that not only reduces the cost, it reduces our carbon footprint, and it also keeps the profits and jobs in Australia. So finding a, you know, with all the borders that closed at the height of um, COVID, uh, it was almost impossible to buy a disinfectant when the borders closed. We um, were fortunate enough to have plenty of stock on hand because we were manufacturing it here in Australia. And even the state governments were looking for, the, I think, for the first time within Australia to find out who's making disinfectants and solutions. And it was um, a bit of an eye-opener for people to find out that um, Australians are doing it better than most European and American brands. That's fantastic. And one of the impacts of COVID certainly when back in the days uh, a few months ago where masks all of a sudden dried up and we're like, what do you mean we don't make them here in this country? Exactly. <laughs> uh, so whatever we can do to purchase within our own borders is a big positive step mm. on top of the obvious that it keeps jobs in Australia, money in Australia as well. And reduces that carbon footprint. That's a an enormous an enormous bonus to be using biohygiene. Now I'm starting to tick off all of my objections to switching brands at the moment. It's better mm. for the user health. It's better, and for any dental patients coming in as well. We're so aware of aerosols nowadays. We want to make mm. sure we're creating a safe environment for all our patients moving through the practice as well. We're better for the environment. We are cost-effective. We're going to save money with this product. But yeah. there's another challenge that, or another objection that some practices may have in terms of their equipment warranties. That's right. Exactly. A lot of um, people use the a defence mode of saying it'll void my warranty. Now, warranties don't last forever. They um, most likely one, two, three years of a warranty and once a warranty is then out of date the user or the owner can then use any product they want as long as it is TGA registered and then they can start looking at other brands that are better for the environment and better for their budgets so warranties don't last forever plus there are products in the warranty where the um, the brand stipulates to only use products that do not foam. They don't mention any brand names. So not only for, it's probably for the dental surgery owner that, that if they are worried that they are voiding their warranty to actually find out what the details are in the warranty because nearly all brands do not stipulate a brand name. It's, they just give instructions on what solutions can and can't be used. Some are strict. There's no doubt about that. But um, to say that um, this will void my warranty. My first question is, is your equipment still in warranty? Where, you know, I found out that over 90% of Australian dental equipment is out of warranty. So that would be something else that everyone can look at and find out if um, it fits them as well. Fantastic. And I would suggest if there's any equipment manufacturers out there that are stipulating a specific brand that 
is quite damaging to the user or can be quite hazardous to the user and there is a viable alternative, I'd be challenging that manufacturer to say, come on, have a look at this because we don't want you contributing to the lack of occupational health and safety that we're providing for our team members. Absolutely. So do you get any other barriers to going into dental practices and saying, here's this magnificent range of products, why don't you jump on board? I imagine that part of it is, but now we have to learn a whole new system or we have to try to use up our old stock, all those sort of implementation issues that we can have as dental practices. That's right. The big word is change. (laughs) People, a lot of people don't like change. And obviously when you walk into a dental surgery, it's usually manic and um, the person at the front desk has got two phone calls going and they're trying to assist a dentist and I completely understand that they should, be, they should have eight arms really to, um, to help them get through the day. But, um, I mean, when it, our, our products personally do not change the daily routine of a, a surgery. They only make it um, environmentally friendly and much safer for the user. Also, you know, having an understanding that you're doing something better for the environment and better for yourself should be incentive to want to change. So um, I know it takes a few goes. I mean, if, you know, if it takes a few, you know, viewings of a one-minute video, you'll completely understand that the products are used in exactly the same way and that they're com- completely biodegradable. So once you've noticed that there is a dead fish on the product that you're using, maybe that would be incentive to say let's change and go from there and it really does just I mean it's obvious that this is a very important thing to bring into dental practices and it's just a matter of urgency because that's right all of the patient interactions and the operations of the day they rise to the top as an urgent thing so the best thing I would suggest for dental practices is to contact yourself and did you say that there were videos around that you have on your website tell us a little bit about what resources you have on your website that people could investigate further into yeah sure Uh, all material safety data sheets are available for download Um, we have a calendar also a visual guide on how to use our suction line products because there is actually two products Um, one is uh, acidic and the other one is alkaline. Changing the pH levels in your suction lines will eliminate viruses and bacteria and guarantee 100% suction. The other part of our website um, gives one-minute, two-minute videos on how to use the products, and you'll notice straight away that they're used exactly the same way as the ones you've been using for the last, you know, how many years you've ever been a a dental nurse. So it's um, easy it's safer, and it's better for the environment. There's no doubt about that. Fantastic. And you could even, as a dental practice, just nominate one person to head up, looking at, going over to that website, looking through those videos, downloading that, that guide, identifying which products they're going to be purchasing, yep. and just say this is the month that we're going to implement this change. It's important enough and certainly very good leadership from dental practices' perspective that we've identified that there are alternatives to the current chemicals that will make you safer. And your mm. safety is very important to us, so we're going to put this one as a really high priority absolutely it should be it should be a priority if you're finding out that um, the products that you're using the formulas are 40 30 40 years old um, there are new and better products on the market um, that can change the you know a surgery for the better instantly 
Um, I, I do also offer the service if you're concerned or have any questions about the products you're currently using, I'm more than happy to do the research for you. I can actually read the label for you. I can read the MSDS for you. Material safety data sheets, they do have a lot of good information. Some are a bit patchy, but um, you know, if you have any questions about the products you're using at the moment, um, I'm more than happy to do that for you. But look in there for yourself. Have a look and find out what icons are on there at the moment. Some have even a warning, um, you know, a respiratory warning on there, you know, um, a corrosive warning. And um, the classic is the, the dead fish in a river, which um, on some boxes is as big as a beer coaster. So it's pretty hard to uh, miss that one. We get so used to seeing some of these hazardous signs on chemicals, like we've got them in our garages, we've got them in our dental surgeries, they're in the aisles of the supermarket that go through laundry and all the rest of it with those sort of chemicals. We get so used to seeing these little icons that are warnings Mm. that kind of lose their sense of importance, don't they? But they really should be an alert to read further into it. Yeah, they're they're like street signs. You know how to, you know how to get home but you never notice the street signs so um maybe do a little refresh and have a look in the um, on the labels and see what your potential exposure is that's um something that um, may benefit you and your future so the very st- first step that I suggest all practices out there who are not currently using biohygiene products is the evidence is right there in front of you. This is what this episode has all been about. It ticks off just about every single barrier unless you've got a very freshly purchased piece of equipment that insists you mm. use something else. Right. But as said 95% of equipment's all out of warranty anyway. So yeah. I would suggest that there are so many practices out there that should be jumping onto the biohygiene.com.au website right now and start a process. It's a simple, short, cost-effective process to make sure you are creating an environment which makes sure that all of the users and the environment as well are not going to be badly and negatively impacted because of these processes of infection control. That's right, yeah. The the biohygiene products are available in almost all dental and medical depots across Australia and New Zealand. Um, If you're finding it difficult to find a supplier near you, contact me and I'll put you in contact with the right people. Lovely. And all of your contact details are within the show notes as well. Thank you so much, Jürgen. This is such, as I say, important, crucial area for dental practices to look at. And it's not like we're raising up an issue with no solution. The solution is the solution. It's your solution. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Julie. Thanks for the opportunity. I hope that the message does get out to um, a lot of nurses and people and users of DAs that um, are in surgeries every day using what is called a hazardous chemical. Thank you so much. If you would like to contact Jürgen, I certainly urge that you do go to the show notes right now, click on the website and shoot him through an email. And if you can't find a local supplier of the bio hygiene products, he will certainly get you in touch with a company that can help you out. Thanks again, Jürgen. Have a fantastic day. Thank you very much. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, you should join the club. 
the club members receive an online lunch and learn every week where I share insights, systems and strategies to improve the success of your practice. These lunch and learns could not be easier. They are recording so you can watch them at a time that suit you. Members also have full access to the library of all of our past topics. The price is just $199 per month and it is a powerful and effective way to upskill your team. I hope to see you there.